Welcome to this week's Deep Dive. This week, we have a former chef, Roger Burnett, from Social Good Promotions, and also on the board of directors for ProCare. So welcome, Roger. Thanks for having me. It's been a minute, Kate. I'm it glad to have a chance to be back. I know. Well, we kind of took a break, but now we're back. And, you know, the pandemic, it's just, it's happening. It's changing everything. But I... Uh, because COVID. Because COVID. Yeah. No. My, although I have to say, I heard someone refer to it as a pandemic. And now I just keep thinking of it as like the pandemic is going on just because of... <laughs> yeah. It's like Nicole Byers, the comedian. She calls it pandemic. And now I'm like, okay, you know, I could live with the pandemic. The pandemic sounds like as awful as it actually is. I love it, that's great. Yeah, so we'll see if we can get that in vernacular, so. There you go, the pandemic. So Roger, you're on this week because uh, for Promo Chat, we talked about cause marketing. And of course, it's such a big topic. As the Promo Chat team, we actually had a meeting to talk, like to figure out which angle we wanted to. Normally, we, like we chat back and forth, but we're like, "This is a behemoth. What do we do for it?" So, right. rather than narrow it down for one of our questions, we're actually just going to talk about cause marketing and the general. Okay. Interest. So, for you, cause marketing can range from, you know, buy a pink item and you give to breast cancer to a far more dedicated you know, here's everything. For you, what's a good cause marketing campaign? Like what makes it successful? What do you look for it as a buyer? And you know, who, what could make it fall flat? You cannot, cannot, and I'll repeat, cannot dream up a campaign because you wanna achieve a cause marketing objective. Backwards, don't do that. You get yourself in all kinds of trouble. It's much, much better to spend a little bit of time thinking about what it is that you, if you're a solopreneur or a small business, you personally care about, or even better, if you have employees of your organization, what better way to find out about the people within your organization than to take a moment and really spend some time finding out whether or not there's a common thread from a passion perspective amongst the people who work with and for you. Because once you've identified where that passion is, the best thing you can start doing is aligning your organizational values around the things that your people care about. And once that happens, it has a number of different activations that are created as a result of that. But first, most importantly, what it does is it gives the people that work for your company a sense of what it is that you stand for And by giving them that opportunity, you give those people a chance to weave the fabric of the culture just a little bit tighter because you're giving that person a chance to identify with and then get in alignment with the things that they care about if it's what your organization cares about as well. And that has a way of changing why you may want to get out of bed to go to work in the morning, especially when things are a little uncertain like they are today. So by starting from that perspective and really being introspective, and trying to think about what it is that would be a passion for the organization, not only does that lend itself to the authenticity of what is going to happen as a result, but it also gives you a chance to have some staying power to this thing. Because ultimately, if you just try to dream it up as a moment in time, you really have the 
a, just a gigantic chance for that to backfire on you in a way that you're not going to really be able to anticipate or be prepared for. Interesting. So if you were to like craft the perfect one, where do you start for yourself? Like where, where do you start thinking of it, pushing it? Like what do you, and do you set goals for yourself? Like, do you put a financial amount to it? Do you put an impact amount? Like, sure. do you suggest with that, like putting a number to a campaign, like whether you're the end user or the distributor or the supplier? Like, There's a bunch of different ways to look at it, but you never, you never, uh, you, if you don't measure it, you won't make any improvement on it. So you've got to be able to set out to identify what it is that you want to accomplish in this vein and it doesn't have to necessarily be a, a hard dollar amount it doesn't have to necessarily be a number of hours contributed in volunteer hours it, it it's it might be something as simple as we got together on a thursday afternoon and went and picked up garbage in the park because we care about our community and we want to make sure that the park where we are near and have our lunches is the cleanest possible thing it possibly could be. You don't have to make it be this massive, difficult, un uncontrollable thing. You're really, what you're trying to do is get yourself on the train to wins that you can point to as an organization that suggests that, hey, when we say that we are an organization that cares about something, here are the things we can point to if we're ever challenged on whether or not we actually we're able to sh have an impact in the place that we say that we care. And just by organizing your activity around, do we care and what will we do? Yeah. It has a way of building on itself to the point where it's like making your bed in the morning. Once you get that win, you start looking around for what other wins might I be able to have. And so once you've gotten that first win across the finish line within the organization, it has a way of building on itself in a way that will create even more uh, energy and enthusiasm among staff. Yeah. And it's true is that you always want an act of something like that to be, it's one, I just, I always think of it this way is that volunteering is never a selfless act. Like you're always doing it like, because you get something out of it and most sure. of it's just feeling good. Like it's feeling good that way. So when you're having a cause campaign or a cause moment, or you're doing something like that, being able to, say to people like this is what we did and this is why we're doing it and I think the why is super important because one of the things that came up in our conversation on ProChat was what do you do when there's no why to it that it's right you know on Wednesdays we wear pink is like everyone's wearing pink for best fans okay well what's what's the next step like and I think sure. a lot of people are looking for the next step so where's the money going is this greenwashing I think that was another one that people were very concerned about like absolutely you know, Absolutely. So let me give you an example, Kate. So I went to a job fair that was unbeknownst to me uh, was like some of the best businesses in Southeast Michigan and little old me. And I was trying to hire interns while everyone else in that room was trying to get a real paying job. And <laughs> all I had was a tablecloth and a box of pens and me. And so what I did was I took the pens, which are very bright, colorful, are in our color palette. And I spelled out on the table in the biggest letters I possibly could the word hello. And I stood off to the side and I waited for people to come up to the table. And my pitch went something like this. So Kate, thank you for stopping. I know this is probably interesting. Like my setup is a little bit unorthodox and I recognize that. 
And but I want to express to you that I recognize that there's plenty of businesses in here that would be able to offer you a career, and I'm here to offer you an internship, an unpaid internship at that. But what I want you to remember is about my company, Social Good Promotions, is that when I give you this pen, I want you to know that when I bought these pens, the factory from which I bought them, every time I buy a box, they give away a box of pens to a school that needs writing instruments. So tonight, when you go home and you empty out your bag and you look at all of the things that you got from the different people who are here, if my pen sticks out to you, then maybe, maybe just maybe I might be the company that you would want to consider, even if it is just an internship. And sure enough, you were able to fill that position. And I think what it did is it showed, especially for the use of promotional marketing items in a recruiting situation, that in reality, you give them, it's the story that goes along with the product that you're giving them so that later they have a memory and a positive mental correlation between you and the item you left them with. And if you just give them something and you don't give them a story to go along with it, I'm not saying you won't get that candidate, but I'm saying that you might lose out on a candidate who yeah. is looking for that as the linchpin decision-making criteria for he or her when it comes to what it is they want to do with their careers. And so by being able to do that as the seller of a promotional marketing item, what I'm hoping is I'm arming my prospects and clients with that little extra that makes yeah. them stand out against the people that they're competing with as well, because every marketplace has the same problem. There's only one low cost provider and the rest of us have to justify our value in a way that would make someone that might want to spend money with us feel confident about doing it. And so by imbuing the products with the causes behind what's going on there, you're really giving a chance for that consumer, be it an end buyer or their recipient, to really have that emotional and positive mental connection between the product and the brand that goes on it and what it means to them when it comes to whatever it is they're trying to accomplish. I, I love that hundred percent. Like I, I just even love the concept of like a, like a positive mental correlation. Like, and you should always be thinking like, what is the correlation between your actions and the result or the actions and the desired result? And I'm sort of, or even just like doing good is always nice. Sure. Well, let me give you, so this is, and then here's another example of what makes this so powerful. So I, I won't tell the longer version of the story. If anyone wants to hear this one in its totality, I'm sure you'll see me again. But I got to a point where I was going to sell Patriot tumblers from Hirsch Gift to an organization that was really passionate about veterans' causes. And for those of you who aren't aware of the Patriot line from Hirsch Gift, 20% of the proceeds of the sale of those items benefit a nonprofit called Homes for Our Troops. Homes for Our Troops' mission is to make disabled soldiers' homes ADA compliant. And if they are not able to make that soldier's home compliant, they will tear it down and build he or she a brand new home. So we pitched Patriot. Obviously they loved it. They were blown away by the idea of it. They were absolutely blown away by their ability to then connect the story to their own brand because their owner was a veteran and had lost his son in Afghanistan. So by awakening this emotional correlation for them, we were really able to supercharge the meaning of the tumbler, but Kate, the buyer tried to do her job. She called me on the eve of the transaction's finalization and told me that she needed a discount, to which I unequivocally and almost without 
any pause said no because you don't get the discount and the story you just don't because the quarter difference per unit that she wanted a discount i can sell you a tumbler that doesn't have the story for a quarter less yeah and if we, and if we get to the point where we can represent our lines in a way that allows us to defend our margin position that changes the game for a lot of us and sure we're in the middle of a pandemic and this is tough but what i'm trying to express to people is when you have your selling approach aligned in a way that like i can say no and feel confident about having said no because i'm defending the story behind patriot and i think that's been oftentimes one of the things that's been missing for distributor salespeople in our industry is a defensible why I'm commanding the price that I'm asking for. And even in the middle of a pandemic, if you've got that tight, yeah. then you have an improved ability to be able to stand up for what it is you're trying to accomplish. And, and that's great as well, because it's sort of, I remember when promo care, when you started promo cares, you reached out yes. to into different suppliers and people. And, and I remember being this Grinch about the whole thing of just kind of going like, guys, love it. You have such big hearts. This is amazing. <laughs> Unless you have buy-in from everyone involved, this is really just going to be someone saying, yeah, I'll give some money to a charity. If you buy my stuff, like there has yeah. to be, I, the capital, the capitalist in my soul took over at that point. And so sure. I know, so I, I apologize. You, I was wrong. You guys are amazing. You're doing great <laughs> jobs. I totally respect it. I love all these things, but it is like that that kind of angle on things is that you have to have a buy-in because you could easily have had someone in your position say, look, it's great. I'm going to find you a cheaper bottle. Doesn't do it, but I'm going to save you money. Like, you know, everyone would have won in that way, but I love that you kept pushing that. So for promo cares, have you seen a change in the buy-in from when you guys started it and dealt with Grinches like me to now where it, everyone, has something and it's all something very personal to them and how they're like how they're presenting it and how they're driving everything and is it do you find it being driven by suppliers or distributors or end users like there's a lot of questions in one have you seen change the, the, yes unequivocally yes so we're getting ready to close cycle three so this will have been the third full year of promo cares at the uh, close of 2020 so devoting three years time to any endeavor, one would expect that we would have been able to have grown it from where it was when we first started or else we wouldn't have continued the effort to do so. But what I would tell you, Kate, is that it's gotten a lot easier for us to recognize and identify where those stories are because of a number of different circumstances that are all coming together to work in favor of the end buyer and the end buyer's customer wanting to have a better understanding about the brands in which they're doing business with. That's just what's going on in the world today, socioeconomically. The political climate and everything else that's going on has got people really wary about spending money. And if they're gonna spend the money, what they really wanna know is, can they defend the decision that they made to spend that money with you and what I would say is what's happened in these three years is that with the activations that we've been able to identify, we now have a much broader array of different things that we can present to a buyer in that scenario 
to have them consider a purpose-enabled option when they're picking between the different things that they might be thinking about to solve whatever problem it is that they're buying promotional marketing items for. So there's more suppliers, there is definitely more distributors, but I think that the improvement in the distributor community of interest has largely to do with changes in buyer dynamics that they're asking now more and more and more for. And it's because they feel comfortable that they've seen examples and they're hearing examples that makes them want to ask, at least ask that question. And you know, the funny thing is, Kate, you and I both know a lot of times a buyer, they don't necessarily like, they'll just ask to check a box. Like, because somewhere along the line, somebody may have said something to them about a social good activation. They may not want to buy it. They're just asking you a question and we can't panic when that happens. We have to be able to say, hey, there's a number of options that include a social good activation from the things that I'm going to pick for you. If that's important to you, please let me know and I'll make sure to move those products higher up in what it is I'm going to show you. But unlike many distributors, I start with that. I start with those that are that category. And then I make the buyer say to me, well, I didn't see anything there that I really like. Can we try again? So I'm sort of setting the table for them to be the expectation that every time they come into contact with me, there's going to be some of these stories that go along with what's going on. So the point where I've had some customers now call me and say, I don't care what product we buy. Here's how much money I have to spend. You just pick for me. And that's no lie. And, you know, nothing like a successful capitalist to replicate behaviors like that one. Yeah. Because that's the one I'm looking for where someone trusts me so much that that at the end, by the time we get the product, they're just saying, Hey, you pick. Yeah. And that's knowing that's knowing your company or knowing your client or knowing your end user or knowing your audience is what matters to them. How, how can you respond properly? Like there's so many factors involved that to earn that trust. Well, and that's the word. So what we would tell you is that what the pandemic has caused is just a hyperinflated appetite for trust. Yeah. And you got a sales call made on you by someone you didn't trust during this whole process and that did not feel very good. And what used to be as a sales activity something that you could sort of apologize for has turned into the possibility of a massive black eye for your average salesperson because if you approach that from a place of insensitivity you've damaged the opportunity to build trust with that person pretty much for all time going forward. And what we're saying is in this moment, you know, you talk about the no like trust continuum. We think trust is like climbing a pyramid. Yeah. And you, you, you can't get there without dedicated activities to get you to that moment so that when a crisis happens, like what we just witnessed, you have an appropriate amount of people that trust you sufficiently well to still do business with you to sustain your business through the crisis. My company did not have that many people. We were, were only two years old. We recognized that and we focused 100% on trying to become a more trustworthy partner for the people who might do business with us because here's what we know. Just like every other time in life, eventually people start spending money again and what we're hoping is that we will have elevated our position from a trustworthiness perspective so that when they're ready to start buying again, we've elevated our uh, likelihood of getting a phone call. 
Yeah. And it, and it matters in so many different ways. Like it, everything seems so uncertain during this times is that if you've earned that trust or you can display that trust is you're all set. So, well, so what better way to do that than to show the things you care about so that other people who care about those same things can go, Oh, they're totally tribe. They believe yeah. in the same things I believe in. <laughs> they sound like me. They look like me. This is probably a comfortable place for me to at least consider spending my money. Yeah. This is, this is my comfort zone. And frankly, during this pandemic, we all need a certain amount of comfort. So, you know it. so Roger, thank you so much for being part of this deep dive. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors, Maple Ridge Farms, who also, they are, if you don't know this about Maple Ridge, is they're super involved with a lot of charity initiatives. They donate to their United Way in their neighborhood. They, they have this amazing, like, follow our pro uh, PK feels is that uh, they do this thing where they donate snacks and food to fill people for, to fill children's backpacks for school. So it's like they it matters to them and they do it. So there is one company that is fantastic for that, and they are a sponsor of us, which is even better. And so they have their Habitat for Humanity program has built more houses than they would want to admit. So, so distributor friends out there, next time you have an opportunity with food gifts. Ask them how many houses they've helped Habitat for Humanity build in Wisconsin, and you'll be surprised by the answer. I, yeah, now I, I really want to find this out, and I'm going to find out from them. But, and, and it is, they're very Midwest of like, it's not a big deal, we're just good people. And it's, yeah, so everyone support good people, support good products, support good causes, and do your homework and earn your trust. So, Roger, where can hands. we find you wash on the internet? <laughs> right, and wash your hands. And wash your hands, wash your hands, don't touch your face. Six feet awesome. apart, always. Stay safe, stay healthy. <laughs> and so, join us every week on Twitter for a promo chat at 3 p.m. Yeah. Eastern and noon Pacific. <laughs> Perfect, Roger. Thank you. Thank you.